resistance is like the best thing for entrepreneurs is the most challenging, but the best thing. And and when you realize that you've signed up for this, like you have signed up for a lifestyle of constant transition, because if you're not being challenged, you're not growing. All right, and we're back to another episode of Live Your Truth Now. I am Mike Ligori. And I'm Katie D'Andrea. And we have the one and only Marley Jacks joining us today. Hello. Marley, how you doing? Oh, I'm great. How are you? Good. So excited to have you join us today to talk about all things entrepreneurship. But for those of you who don't know her, I'm just going to read a quick little bio about Marley. So Marley Jacks is the CEO of Jacks Productions and a highly acclaimed business acceleration coach. From the pages of Forbes to the main stage of Funnel Hacking Live, Marley works with her clients to create an evergreen content machine and predictable cash flow system inside of their business, aka the most proven guru-hidden cash flow system built on effortless high-ticket customer ascension. Ooh, I really like that, Marley. Ooh, that was good. spicy? <laughs> no, no, it's good. No, it's slice, slices and dices. So yeah. Marley's roster of clients includes such legendary thought leaders as Christy Code Red, Alex Sharfin, Damon John, Rachel Peterson, and Stephen Larson. She's also worked events alongside Gary Vaynerchuk, Seth Godin, Randy Zuckerberg, and Robin Sharma. In addition to her monumental solo presentation, at Funnel Hacking Live 2020. And most importantly, regardless of her niche or location, Marley Jackson and her team of experts aid visionary entrepreneurs in achieving maximum impact and profit through the power of omnipresent video. So with that being said, Marley, so excited to have you here. I have tons of questions for you, but thank you for giving us so much of your valuable time today. It's really great. I'm excited. Let's let's answer these questions. It sounds fun. Let's do it. So in the spirit of the show, Katie, you are up, my friend, and you get to ask Marley the first, get to pelt her with some good questions. So fire away. I know the tables have turned, my dear. <laughs> Normally, you're probably the one pelting people with questions. Yeah. It's such an honor to have you. I loved researching you before this conversation and watching your video. She is a content powerhouse, y'all. You have to look at her YouTube channel, read her articles online. She, I mean, check out your website. I was like... For about an hour and a half, I was just watching her stuff and I was learning a ton. So (laughs) thank you for that. And I can't wait to go back and do some more research. And I'm curious to see. So from the outside, you've created this like powerhouse production company. And I'm curious to see where it began. Did you always want to be an entrepreneur? Did entrepreneurship find you? Tell us a little bit about that journey. No, I remember the first time I heard the word entrepreneur, it was from watching The Apprentice. Like that was my first glimpse at Donald Trump and and then, you know, everything that happened. Um, but I, I didn't know what that was. And I thought it was really interesting what these celebrities were doing on The Apprentice. And I remember that time I had an interest in marketing. But then I kind of got turned off from it thinking I had to go to school for a really long time. So I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Now it's crazy to think that like the school of YouTube and the internet is really all you need. So I worked in radio and television and I also worked in event management. I had a short stint as a paparazzi assistant. And then I got sick of the inconsistency and some of the egos in that space. So I went into like total 180 into dental hygiene. And so I was a dental hygienist, uh, cleaning teeth all day. And that is very limiting for how creative you can be. And so I was like, what do I really want to be when I grow up? And I knew that like dental was a good thing that, you know, you work your nine to five and you 
don't really have overtime or take work home with you. So I knew that that was where I could kind of figure out what I wanted to do. And because, like I said, it's not a very creative career, I started doing their social media for the dental office between patients. And that's where I started to learn about everything online. The IT guy at the office was like, hey, can I refer you to one of my clients? Well, he referred me to all of his clients. And that's kind of how my business was born. Well, first of all, I would never would have guessed you would have been a dental hygienist. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but you know, that's it's cool when you just hear like how people got their grassroots, like the, the grassroots started, like where it all started and like where you've been. I mean, people with the odd jobs and you know, and how they've kind of ascended into this new type of service and product that you're moving into or and you have been providing through video for such a long time. So my question that I have for you is around this narrative of entrepreneurship. We were talking a little bit before the show statistically, and I'm not sure if it's accurate exactly what I'm about to say, but I think it's around 90% of businesses fail within the first year. And so, as I was mentioning before, the whole narrative around entrepreneurship is there's some sort of limiting belief that we think, like Katie and myself, I would say, completely agree, is being told to entrepreneurs, or they're telling themselves that they can't make money, or business is really hard, or if they don't pivot, they're going to die in the water, or don't do video, do audio, or don't do audio, do video. Like they, they just or information overload. They end up not doing anything. For someone like yourself that's worked with tons of entrepreneurs, what do you see as the most common narratives that they tell themselves specifically with running their business? I was actually talking to a friend about this yesterday, and I forgot that one of the big limitations that I had when I first started was worrying about what everyone else thought about me in that transition of going from being in a nine to five and kind of following the status quo to then going out into something that's scary and unknown. And I'm sure that every entrepreneur has had that experience with people who, you know, who love them and and have good intentions, but maybe saying things that are kind of discouraging? Like, you know, when are you going to get a real job? Or is this going to be the one that works out? And I remember having that kind of conflict in myself of, you know, my parents who, again, like, just want the best for me, but have their own concerns about, well, she went from being a a well-paid dental hygienist who had, you know, vacation and and benefits, and now she's going to create her own business. What if it fails? Then what? And we already have that our own fear inside of inside us of of what if it fails, but then to hear the kind of the external conversation around us. So it was interesting to remember yesterday when I was talking to my friend, I forgot that I had that problem because when you evolve as an entrepreneur, your your challenges just evolve too. And I, I forgot that was one of them. Mike and I are both entrepreneurs and we are both building our businesses. Mike's been in business a little bit longer than I have. And I'm curious to see how you started to overcome those doubts. It's one thing to notice the fear popping up, but how did you start to heal and transmute those thoughts or those comments from the outside, the external, and from the internal. It's interesting that as much as we might want to say, I don't care what anyone thinks, the the thing that we care about from other people, it just evolves and it changes. I definitely faced resistance externally, internally, things that I couldn't even define or put a name to. Like I didn't realize until probably like the last year that a big reason why I started my business, and I think that whether people are willing to admit it or not, um, that a lot of us start our business from a place of trying to find self-worth 
or from a place of, you know, proving it to someone who said we couldn't do it. And this is us going out there and, and looking for freedom and looking for the lifestyle that we didn't have growing up that we want to create. And so when I, when I faced that resistance, it was kind of just me having to decide, well, the longevity of how I show up is going to speak for itself. But, you know, there are people that their own limiting beliefs or their upbringing or whatever challenges they face, they, they have to go about it in a different way. And resistance is like the best thing for entrepreneurs is the most challenging, but the best thing. And and when you realize that you've signed up for this, like you have signed up for a lifestyle of constant transition, because if you're not being challenged, you're not growing. As someone who works with business owners, you were talking about self-worth and I kind of call that like the Tom Brady, like chip on the shoulder, right? Like you're the, you're always the underdog. It doesn't matter how good you are. You will always play the underdog with someone like yourself that has worked with these businesses. Like how important is that underdog mentality? And does that really correlate to success in business? Or do you actually see it more of a correlation to being a hindrance into growing and scaling entrepreneurs' business? That's an interesting way of putting it, of like the underdog underdog mentality. Um, There's something that I've said a lot of, if someone were to ask me, like, when will you feel like you've made it? And I don't want to feel like I've made it. Like, I definitely want to celebrate the achievements and the milestones and not not look past that. But I don't want to be like, awesome, I made it smooth sailing, because that's not what I've signed up for. Um, Another thing that I've heard Russell Brunson say is like the fastest way to lose everything is if you start drinking your own Kool-Aid, like never, never look at yourself like, oh, my gosh, I'm the best. Look at this. And, And you are living your origin story every, every day. And that is either going to the way that you share that and you come across to your audience or your clients is either going to continue to fuel the you know, the power of your business, or it can take you down. It's all about how you're going to continue to look at it and, and face that resistance. How do you stay grounded, Marley? How do you not drink your own Kool-Aid? I, it, it's an interesting question. I just, I don't, I feel like I'm just here to serve and I'm here to learn and grow and play this game. And I don't want that to end. And as much as I can be proud of myself for the things that I can accomplish, I don't want, maybe I'm, I'm lucky with the parents I had and how I grew up, but the people that you see on the way up can be the same people you see on the way down. And I'm, I'm not above or below anybody. I'm just, I'm playing the same game and we all have something to, to, to provide. No, that's good. I was, I was just curious, especially with the, with that, because I know that you're pretty active on social. You have a, quite an audience. I know you're, you see yourself probably on camera more than you really want to, or the average person does. And so I, I always find it interesting. Yep. Like how does one center themselves when they see so much of themselves being talking on stages? Like you were, you did funnel hacking live. You've worked with some pretty heavy hitters. I think it was just really interesting because like to really ground and center yourself like that, the way that you did, I think it's just really admirable to say like, Hey, just because I've done all this stuff, I'm still still in the center lane. I'm still running the same race. I still put up my pants on the same way everybody, everybody else does. So Katie, you're up your turn. Uh, well, I was actually looking on Instagram yesterday and I saw a quote about what humility actually means. And it doesn't mean that you don't brag. It means you're from the earth and that you're so grounded in your essence of the earth that like you just are rather than coming from a place of like bragging or this was more along the lines of like playing yourself down. Like humility isn't playing yourself down. It's just like, showing up and standing in your worth and what you've created because 
Actually, when you do that, especially as a woman, you give other people permission to shine their own lights. And Mm -hmm. that was one thing I was noticing when I was looking at your stuff, Marley. I was like, wow, she really, I feel like I have permission. She's given me permission. I've given myself permission to create and share my own word. And so I acknowledge you for that because that's a very cool thing without explicitly saying something like that is to give other people permission to share their voice. Thank you so much. I'm curious to see about your self-care practice. Mm, yeah. Self-care. And how do you keep, <laughs> so when you're the CEO of an organization and it clearly looks like you're building, like how do you make sure that you stay in your center in your grounding and in your true North? Mm-hmm. That's great. I think self-care is, is always an evolving practice. And there's times where, Maybe balance doesn't exist and you're like, I just got to hustle a little harder. I, there have been times where I'm in a sprint and I'm like, okay, I'm going to maybe eat like crap this week and next week I'll try to be better. That's yeah. like the definition of balance instead of balance every day. It's like, well, sometimes there's seasons. I have things installed in my routine that are non-negotiable. Like I have, I have windows of time where I, like my team knows that like I'm unavailable here. I found uh, a workout program. I love bar, like uh, it's like ballet bar. Um, love it and hate it at the same time. Yes, right. <laughs> it's awful. Your bar instructors will kick your butt, but smile while doing it because it, it is still kind of graceful, but it's, it's it can be intense. I have a hard time just turning off, but for me to turn off, I'm like doing something else while turning off from work. So I found that um, going to bar writing. Um, in the last year I, I picked up poetry as more of a, an outlet for me and cooking and baking, but for other people, (laughs) you can't counteract that bar with too many cookies. Right. Although it's so tempting. So tempting. Well, one thing I want to point out balance is something I've been working on is balance as a noun doesn't exist. It's Mm -hmm. a verb balancing. Yeah. And so that took away a lot of like the guilt and the shame that I put on myself to be perfectly balanced. Cause I always think of myself as this well-rounded human. And then I, and I would get on my own case around, like, I'm doing too much of this, too much of that into like the guilt, shame and blame. And so I adopted balancing and like this week, it is like a work heavy week. And this week it may be a self-care heavy week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So maybe try that on. So I'm an entrepreneur has a podcasting agency. Um, and this is like our company podcast and Katie's been so great in joining me because, uh, she's an, actually an ontological coach, which is, I said it right. Finally, Katie, I finally pronounced it. I always, you like got it right. Up. Now I let's know. hear what it is. <laughs> yeah. So briefly put my understanding is, is that she studied <laughs> the nature of reality. So like nature, thoughts, of, feelings, being. And nature of being, okay. Close. Yeah, I was, I was kind of close. And so, you know, Katie joined me actually, we, talked about balance. You guys were just talking about balance. So actually Katie and I balance each other out because I'm more on the agency side of things. And Katie kind of talks about this nature of being where she does a lot of like kind of the intrinsic introspective type work that people have and through what's happening in their life. You know, for me, I look at it and I'm kind of pounding the table like, yeah, you don't need to do video. Like audio is great. Like you even asked me before, you're like, are we going to do video or audio today? I'm like, ah, screw it. We're just going to do audio. But you are such a strong advocate for video. And there was one, I'll, I'll never forget this. I was watching your stories and you were talking about shooting 80, I believe it was 80 videos you did in like one day. I had no clue what you were shooting it for, but I watched, I just watched you just become this machine. and. I really would love for you to talk about the importance of video specifically with business owners and then also maybe go on a macro level and talk about just content creation in general, like why people shouldn't trash or get rid of video, even though audio is becoming podcasting is a hot thing. Clubhouse is such a hot thing. 
I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. And it's not that I am saying like, you have to do this and not do this. Cause yeah. I, I love, I love clubhouse. I love podcasts, but there's also a power in video that other platforms and mediums don't have. And same thing with like the types of platforms that you utilize video on. So for example, um, there's a lot of power in Instagram stories because it's installed that urgency and scarcity and this like FOMO effect that if you miss it, you miss it. It's gone in 24 hours. So because of that, like I spend a lot of time on Instagram stories to keep up to date on my friends and, and the people that I follow. They're behind the scenes kind of content, which is the kind of the most intimate content. But there's a lot of power in also YouTube because YouTube is a search engine. So a video that I made in 2016 that is, you know, titled the way that someone searches it can still be found organically in search. So a podcast that I made in 2016, unless someone's like really looking for that and scrolling back and there's someone warm, like a warm audience that actually really wants to find that that's like not going to come to the surface again. So with YouTube and video, you have the power to turn your videos into evergreen lead generation machines that every single video that you're creating becomes like real estate on the internet. It's attention that you own, not attention that you rent. Like, I mean, you could again put, put a video on, on Facebook live, but how long does that last? Maybe a few hours, maybe a couple days, unless you put ad spend into them and then keep them at the top of the timelines. So when what we create with our video strategy is that these are lead generation machines. That's a content machine and a cash flow system, not just content that we create and then it disappears and we have to like stay on this content hamster wheel to stay top of mind. Do you think with content, we're talking about the Gary Vee model earlier, or I just kind of briefly mentioned it. And I feel like a lot of people see that model and they're like, well, Gary Vee does it. He's pounds the table for like pillars and pillars of content, repurposing everything. I almost feel like it's created this kind of the groceries, the, the cereal in the grocery store kind of situation where if you ever walk into a grocery store and you're shopping for cereal, there's not one brand of cereal. There's like 40 different things, brands. Most of the time you're so overwhelmed, you end up walking away and not buying cereal at all. And I think with social media, a lot of people say like, I have to make stuff for TikTok. I have to do stuff for Instagram. I have to shoot a video for this. I have to like write a LinkedIn post. It becomes so overwhelming. What piece of advice would you give to an entrepreneur or somebody who wants to be a content creator, maybe take social a little bit more seriously in regards to publishing on these platforms? Like, is it good advice, good business practice to be all over the place? Or is it simply just like pick and pick your poison and go with it? Yeah, one like when you mention Gary Vaynerchuk, you also have to keep in mind that he has a team of like 50 people who are keeping him up on those platforms. Um, he's one man, but then he also has a, a truckload of people behind him. And so for solopreneurs or, you know, small businesses, what's actually realistic? Because if you try to serve everyone, you serve no one. If you try to be everywhere, you'll be nowhere. So Honestly, my priority is YouTube and my playground is Instagram. Uh, I have my content that is generating leads for me consistently on YouTube because it's a search engine. And then I have my like intimate relationship building behind the scenes in the moment content that's happening on Instagram. And so for, for entrepreneurs that are listening, like pick the one that, first of all, that you enjoy and the one that you're one or two, however many really that you can handle, that you have the capacity for, um, 
on a platform that your audience is actually on. Like if you're if your audience is on Pinterest, go wild on Pinterest. If your audience is on TikTok, it's a really fun platform, but not one that I personally have invested into because what I'm doing on Instagram and YouTube is it, it works for me. I'm curious in addition to not being specific and not choosing a priority and maybe a, a secondary focus for video platforms. What are some other mistakes that entrepreneurs make that maybe some simple fixes? I know I learn a lot of my mistakes by trial by far, and I'm sure yeah. that's what it's looked like for you in building this amazing business, Marley. But what are some mistakes that we could potentially avoid uh, with listeners listening to this episode? And, and learning by trial is exactly what you need to do. And also having the awareness that you have to kind of keep auditing your content and observing your reactions to other people's content. Um, I, I pointed out this thing for my audience several months ago that's kind of become a, a funny hashtag for us that, and you guys, I'd love to know from you and then from everyone listening. And please know that this is not to offend anyone. It's just to say like, we all do it. And I'm just, I'm just pointing, I'm putting a mirror to it. How many times have you, or have you heard someone start a Facebook live with, Hey guys, just popping in real quick. Oh, all the time. Um, guilty last all the, time, Yeah, right? all the time. And yeah, we do it time. because we see other people do it. But why do, like, what is the actual subtext of that message to say, hey, guys, just popping in real quick? Even yeah, it's really discounting. Right. It's almost yeah, like apologizing for taking up space on their timeline. Like, hey, I'm just going to be really quick. Just And I'm just popping in. I'm not trying to be inconvenient. I'm just going to take up a little bit of your time. Like, no, if you have an impactful, powerful message that you are showing up, take all the time on the timeline, but also know that your audience has like a three three second attention span that you got to show up with that power and not apologize for it. So seeing things like just popping in real quick, or I'm just coming on here. Like, where are you coming? Like, hello, show up. Some of the things that we just, that we just say and um, don't realize it. And so to watch your own videos, which I know is sometimes annoying, but you'll hear, I, I say like a lot and I'm trying to stop saying like, you know, like it just like, you know, I, I'm trying to stop saying that. Um, we'll edit all that out. We got all that. So you're <laughs> fine. You're fine. <laughs> fire away, fire away. Uh, and the jest. Yeah. Bad word. I have another client that I've had to, and I never, I never say it in a way that's criticizing, but to say, do you know that you say, you know, like every other sentence, you know, <laughs> we're just, we're just, um, we're going to talk over here and, you know, I'll share my screen. You know, this is like, you know, and, you know, the little habits, I just said it again, little habits that we want to break in how we are communicating our content or the message that we're getting across or how we are hooking people in at the beginning instead of feeling like we're inconveniencing them with our message. That's also like the word, right? You know, when people right? go, yeah, so here's my screen, right? And then you're like, well, yeah, of course that's your screen. I have a bad habit of doing that too. So I, I totally hear you. And I'm trying to break that as well because it's not, words. it's yeah. Well, it's, it's not even for me. I think right is such a bad, it, it, I think right is also a, one, a, one of the worst words to say, because then you're assuming that everything you're saying is right. Right. And so then, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Or wrong. Yeah. You know. But go ahead, Katie. Sorry. I'm just curious to see if you've noticed a difference in gender. And uh, saying just popping in or uh, any sort of differences between uh, genders 
on how folks present themselves on videos? Not really. And my audience is pretty straight down the middle. I don't have a more, you know, a lot of people will have, if they're a female, have a female audience. I would actually say I might have more male audience. And if it's not just popping in, it's just hopping in or jumping in or Mm. an equivalent. Interesting. Yeah. I was curious to see if it was more of like a more of like a feminine wound around taking up your space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or being apologetic, which mm-hmm. is another thing. Why do we say sorry so much? I'm sorry. No, that doesn't even make sense. I'm Mark. I'm like, you're sorry. You move out of my way now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yo, Marley, what on a day-to-day basis with everything that you have going on, what brings you joy? Being creative and knowing that the work I'm doing is is fulfilling and is impacting someone even if it's a small audience and and that's one of the things that I'll work with people on is like well I don't have that big of an audience yet what if you what if you just change one person's life like what if one person said that's exactly what I needed to hear today and and I'm just I'm motivated by like just that doing things differently and being creative in that and not following the status quo and just surrounding myself with good people that inspire me. I moved from Canada to Boise, Idaho, and there's a great entrepreneur community here that I have never felt so just part of a community. It's great. Oh, that's amazing. I've never been to Boise, but I heard that's like the new, it's like the new Silicon Valley. That's the new what startup I heard. That's a great way yeah. of describing it. And yeah. cheaper than Denver. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cheaper than Denver. For in the next five years. Marley, I'm curious to see what are your non-negotiables? As someone who is a woman in business, as the CEO of her company, and is building what I'm calling an empire, mm-hmm. what do you refuse to negotiate on? Oh, do you mean in like my schedule or like anything, I guess? Anything. Per- it could be the personal realm. It could be the professional realm. It could be f- with your family. I think I've come such a long way in my own personal development when it comes to I don't know, like I mentioned, I realized, wait a minute, I was building this place from a place of trying to prove my self-worth. And is that actually how I want to show up? And once I healed from that and grew from that, a lot of the relationships around me changed because the person who I showed up as was someone who could be easily manipulated and in codependent relationships or in relationships where, you know, the other person might have been more served by me being under this you know, umbrella or this bubble that, that made them feel better because maybe they were on a a pedestal in that relationship. And so I've had to be very, I guess, strict about the kind of relationships and energy I'll keep around me. And it's really unfortunate to have to say goodbye to people or say like, Hey, I just got to love you at a distance. I can't, I can't really allow this in my space. And in the last year, uh, especially, I think 2020 was a great year for people to do a lot of personal development and self-work and a lot of relationships changed and left. And that can also be heartbreaking at times, but then to see, to connect the dots backwards and be like, that relationship taught me this, that relationship introduced me to this person. You know, it's all, it's all cliche, all for a reason, but it's true. Well, it does. It all has a reason if we give it a meaning, Mm -hmm. right? And so... Like, I love what you said about getting super clear on how you want to show up and what you're worthy of. Because when we shift our energetic field, then we attract different things. So if you're attracting things that will always put you at a deficit, those are the partners you're going to attract. Those are the business partners you're going to attract. Those are going to be your friends. And so when you shift your energy, shift your frequency, 
people pick up on that. So they start to treat you differently. Very much. Yes. I'm curious to see if your clients notice that because something that was in your testimonials on your website was how confidently and well-prepared you show up. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to see what that journey to confidence looks like. It's, uh, it's interesting you say that because one of the things that I've heard, there's definitely like a before Marley and after Marley. And I have heard people say like, you even physically look different. And if you totally, if you look at my pictures of like November, October, 2019, to even January, 2020. It is very different. I'm going to go look up right now. (laughs) And how so, if you could just briefly describe what's the difference that you notice in yourself? Let's I'll tell you both physically and emotionally, like physically I'm rounder. Uh, and it didn't even have to do with weight loss. Like it wasn't really, it wasn't weight. Um, but there's definitely just more inflammation and, um, I don't know, less light. Definitely. I, I look and I feel brighter January. 2020 was when everything kind of changed for me emotionally, just, just lighter. And I was, I was so weighed down. And so just, I I allowed other people to kind of, I guess, how do I word this? Not necessarily I allowed other people, but I was not the, the person that could show up confidently and gave my power away. And between October and January, I actually went through a divorce because of the you know, I grew and the relationship didn't grow with where I was going. And so, yeah, there's a very, very energetic and also physical difference. Wow. I just found a picture yeah. from 2019. Wow. Yeah. It, uh, you can just tell there's a, there's a brighter energy to you. There's like and way you're more. You're right now. Yeah. Like, a <laughs> beam, yeah, like you're like Lights living on, in baby. your zone. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's so cool. Marley, we have a couple minutes left and I have to give you the stage to talk about this April 6th drop because, oh <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm really ex- I'm excited roll. for you. Yeah, I'm excited for you because I love celebrating other people's success. It's one thing mm-hmm. that brings me a lot of joy when I see people that I meet, whether if it's briefly, whether if it's in a podcast interview or they're dear, close friends of mine. If they're winning at life, like I am big cheerleader for it because I think it's important. Briefly interacting with you just on this podcast, but also through social I see this video that comes up and I'm like, what in the hell is uh-huh. this? And I'm like, oh, and then you said, well, I'm resigning for my business. And I was like, wait a minute. She just spent all this time building this shit. And now she's like walking away from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It's crazy. And now I'm, but I knew that it wasn't it. I knew it was like totally just, it's building the hype, you know, and it was an amazing trailer, but I'd love for you to talk about this April 6th thing that you have going on like what in god's name are you showcasing to the world what are we all getting ourselves what are we all getting ourselves into on april 6th with you right what is happening i'm super excited for it so i have been obviously building my business since 2016 and there's something that i'm launching on april 6th and it's just the culmination of everything i have ever built and and I, I, I've been studying, like, why do people succeed in some things and not in others? Why do people buy courses and never open them? Why do people get free plus shipping books and never open them? Like, what, what is missing? And, and what, are, what are the things that we are telling ourselves? How are we thinking? Right. And so what you saw in these videos is, and there's, there's several days left of these videos, even by the time this podcast launches. I'm excited. 
I knew that I had to get people's attention and it couldn't just be like, Hey guys, I have a big announcement coming soon or just popping in real quick. Just popping in. right? Yeah. <laughs> With a big announcement. Just a huge announcement. Just popping in. <laughs> so I, you I may want to listen. I knew I needed to catch people's attention. And I, you know, you think about the Hollywood blockbuster movies that when, when a big Hollywood hit comes out, they don't just like, walk out the front door and say, like, it's ready. I, I needed to create this hype and roll out this red carpet and the videos are kind of s- cinematic. But disclaimer, I filmed all of those on an iPhone. So don't think that people wow. see that. Yeah, that's cool. Good. That's cool. It looks prof- it looks professional as hell. I was like, oh, man, she got like a crew following her. And she's, nope. Oh, that's awesome. Nope. I had my assistant at my house and that was it. <laughs> Handheld, that's, that's it. So yes, there's a storyline behind these videos. There's this this yellow phone that's ringing. It's a rotary phone, if, if people mm-hmm. know what that yeah. is. And there's going to be, there's this kind of recurring message about like, I'm quitting. And in the next couple of days, in the videos coming up, you're going to see these rumors. You're going to hear these voices. And all of these rumors that you're going to hear are things that people have actually said about me, about us, about you. I'm sure you've heard these things too. And on April 6th, I'm going to reveal like, what is this actually about? What is the storyline actually leading to? And with that launching a program that, that I, I don't know, I, I built something that I would want because it's, it's, I don't want to just buy a course ever again. And I don't want to just create a course ever again. I want to create and also consume things that are, exciting that are gamifying that have a community that are incentivizing me that are celebrating and so i've created i don't i would love to put a name to it but i created a a new thing that i'm going to be beside everyone every step of the way and reward them at every step too with like physical prizes and pins and t-shirts and trophies and things all for less than 100 bucks wow I I, oh, I will. I don't even know what it is. And yeah, you me on the edge of my seat. Sign me up. <laughs> Sign me up. No, nothing like that. So it sounds like to me, in some ways, you're almost building like a community within communities for people to take ownership, whatever these principal morals and values that you've established over the course of your career, to allow these people to feel empowered with you as like the kind of like quote leader, but also as part of the you know a servant leader. I guess I could label you. That's just how I interpret it. It's like a really cool concept. Mm-hmm. It's a really cool thing. So I'm super excited for you. I don't know if that's accurate. It sounds cool me saying this. I hope. <laughs> I could be way off though. A little bit. So. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. All right. Anyway. I feel like that's on the verge of a conversation of spiral dynamics. Yeah, I know. That's I know. I was probably going down a rabbit <laughs> hole. Anyway. All right. So we are out of time. But in the spirit of the show as well, we, Marley, Katie and I always leave one key takeaway for our audience to what we learned from the show, something that personally we learned, something we want the audience to learn. And we always start with the guests. So for you, out of all the amazing, wonderful things that you've said, what is one thing that you would like people to take away from this episode? Hashtag stop the pop. <laughs> we actually have that on t-shirts. Hashtag oh, that's stop great. The pop. No, I, I think, I don't know, talking about where you get your self-worth from and there's nothing wrong with with even finding self-worth in your business as much as I might want to say that I have no ego and I'm completely pure. Yes. I feel good about the things that I build in my business. Yes. I feel good about being able to financially support myself and to have an audience of people that I serve and selfishly like that shows me that I'm, I'm doing good things and it doesn't just 
come from a completely pure place. And, and as much as I might, I can work on that. I will continue to work on that throughout my human life. But to, to have that self-awareness of, of maybe what is holding me back or what am I fueled by and trying to just find what outside of yourself or what internally can uh, fuel you. That's good. I would say take up your space. It, it is pure. It is pure to light people up. It is pure to live in your gift and live in your light. Mm-hmm. Like, and your ego exists to keep you safe. Yeah. Right? And it's not people are talking about becoming egoless. And I'm like, you don't want to become egoless. We'll be walking around naked and homeless. <laughs> yeah. And like, we all be the same. Like our ego is our identity. Right. And like, what makes you Marley and what makes me Katie and what makes you Mike? And I think that's really special. Marley, I loved when you were talking about tuning out the external, mm. basically walking up your hill of resistance, walking up your hill of doubt. And, you know, I have the same thing. I'm an entrepreneur. My dad's actually an entrepreneur, but they've always advocated for a really safe career. Mm. And I love that you could say like, thank you. And I'm actually going to pursue this and becoming so steadfast in your why and your commitment and your truth mm-hmm. that it becomes like an essential, it becomes a must. You can't not do it. Isn't it interesting how a lot of the things that hold us back from pursuing entrepreneurship is we might think that there is security in a nine to five security in someone else signing our paychecks. But look what happened in 2020 when lockdowns happened and layoffs happened and entrepreneurs who had multiple sources of revenue were actually the ones and people in nine to fives were trying to pivot to learn how to build businesses online. I think it's just, it's how you pursue it and, and, and perceive it. Yeah. And have the mindset yeah. to keep going after it and overcoming that resistance. And the same with freedom too, actually, because you can be an entrepreneur and, and crave that freedom, but you can become a slave to your business. Yes. Right. Or you can build a business designed to give you that liberation and time freedom. Yeah. All right, Mike, you're up. All right. That was good. I love that. That was good. Uh, something that I learned from probably both of you today is the, is stepping into your power. I think one thing that I've learned is, is watching you, Marley, step from different careers. And at the beginning of the show, you had mentioned, what if this fails? As like a, as a, as a pinnacle question that so many people ask ourselves, what happens if it fails? And I think watching you talk about the evolution of what you've done, where you're going, and then your next thing, this new April 6th drop that's coming out. I think it's so cool to watch that is an example of what we're capable of. It's just constantly just moving forward and having progression in ourselves. And I think it was so great for everybody to listening to the show today to really just take the journey of what Marley has put herself through in her team and why she's still focusing on other people and really focusing on the mission, the vision, the values that she has and what she's really trying to build. And there's always forward momentum. And that doesn't mean you're not going to have something that stands in your way and then you got to deal with the obstacles and the challenges with it. But I think watching you just constantly one foot in front of the other, you know, just keep moving forward and self-doubt may creep in, you know, they always say new levels, new devils, right? So it's like the higher you go, more stuff comes to play. So thank you, Marley, so much for joining us, for giving us your time. I'm excited for you. I think it's going to be so great, this new thing that you're launching. And that's all the time that we have for today. So on this episode of Live Your Truth Now, I am Mike. I'm Katie. And we will see you next time. And we have no idea what we're going to talk about as usual. So we will let you guys know for next week's episode. Thank you. See you soon. Bye, everybody.